this series, and today I want to wrap it up, and it's entitled, It's Time to Rebuild. Back in December, December the 21st, I felt, I was in my morning devotions, and I just felt very impressed of the Lord with that phrase, it's time to rebuild. And so, because I felt that from the Lord, I started jotting down notes, and, no, notes, notes right away, and I began to search up scriptures. And when I, when I got that word on, on the inside of me, I, I just had a sense like this was the word of the Lord for the season that we're in. And then a, about a week or two later, I had a dream. And in the dream, and I've already shared this, so I'm not going to go into it in depth. But in, in essence, what I saw was the shaking and the falling of walls, but the revealing of established walls. Like, we have gone through a shaking not even saying that shaking is over, necessarily. But there is solid things that cannot be shaken. God's Word says everything that can be shaken will be shaken, so that 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 remains will be left standing, right? And so that was, that was the impression of my heart. And... I feel like today I want to, well, let me just kind of go back and just share real quickly where the Lord led me was in the book of Haggai, Ezra, and today we're going to go to Zechariah. But basically what it's all about is about the rebuilding process in the Old Testament of the rebuilding of the temple. And uh, what we have learned over the last few weeks is in order to rebuild in the season that we're in, we need to reset our priorities, get our priorities back in order. That's the book of Haggai. Last week we went to Ezra and we need to also, in the rebuilding process, to resist the adversary because the adversary is going to try to stop us. But then today I want to talk about this idea of rising to our anointing, to rise up to our anointing. I feel like the Holy Spirit's already been speaking today because you'll see why that word rise is there. You'll see anointing, I think it should be one end, but and anointing is how we say. But we need to rise in our anointing. And um, so we're going we're gonna to look at this today. We've been, we've been uh, we're in a rebuilding process, and it's, it's not going to be easy. And we can't do it in our own strength. It's going to take something more than ourselves. And the Holy Spirit's already been saying that today. And so in Zechariah chapter 4, if you have your Bibles, you can follow along. It's a lengthy portion of Scripture. I, I'm embarrassed to say that I preached from this passage almost a year ago, and I'm back here again today. So on one hand, I want to say I'm sorry, but because it's such a good passage, I say you're welcome. So I want to read this. Zechariah chapter 4. Look at these words. Look at the opening words. Now the angel who talked with me came back and wakened me as a man who is wakened out of his sleep. And he said to me, what do you see? We've already been instructed by the Lord today through Caitlin to wake up. He wakened me and he said, what do you see? And I said, I am looking and there is a lampstand of solid gold with a bowl on top of it and on the stand seven lamps and seven pipes to the seven lamps. Two olive trees are by it, one on the right of the bowl and the other is on the left. 
So I answered and spoke to the angel who talked with me, saying, What are these, my Lord? Then the angel who talked with me and answered and said to me, Do you not, do you not know what these, uh, what these are? And I said, No, my Lord. And he answered and said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain, and he shall bring forth the capstone with shouts of grace, grace to it. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this temple, and his hands shall also finish it. Then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. For who has despised the day of small things? For these seven rejoice to see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. They are the eyes of the Lord, which scan to and fro throughout the whole earth. Then I answered and said to him, What are these two olive trees at the right of the lampstand and at its left? And I further answered and said to him, What are these two olive branches that drip into the receptacles of the two gold pipes from which the golden oil drains? And he said to me, Do you not know who these are or what these are? And I said, No, my Lord. And he said to me, These are the two anointed ones who stand beside the Lord of the whole earth. Amen. So, Lord, we invite you right now to come and to speak by your word. I pray, God, for an anointing and an unction to be in this room here today. Thank you, Lord, that you have already manifest your presence here today. And I pray, God, that you would bring to completion your word, not only today, but in this season. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everybody says amen. 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 So here in, in Zechariah chapter 4, we see that the prophet Zechariah has a vision from God. And the vision that he sees are two olive trees that are branched out, and there's a pipe that is coming out of each olive tree and dripping oil into the basin of a lampstand that has seven lights on it. And this oil is dripping, and there's an anointing there. And the, the, the whole purpose of the oil dripping and, the, and, and being filling up the reservoir of the lampstand is so that the fire can burn, that it can continually burn. In other words, if there is no oil, if there is no anointing, then the flame goes out. And so the idea of the oil or the anointing flowing from the two olive trees is basically God is showing him that I've called you, I've destined you, I've purposed you, I want you, I've commissioned you to rebuild my house. But you can't do it in your own strength. It's going to take a resource of power beyond yourself to do this. This is where he said in Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6, if you bring that up, I want us to look at these words. He said it's the, that this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. It's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. By my spirit, by the power of my spirit, 
you're going to be able to do this. Now look at those words. Leave that up there for a moment. He said, it is not by might, and the word there for might in the Hebrew literally speaks of military strength or force. And then he says, it's not by might, it's not by military power or force, and he said, it's not by power, and the word for power means human strength or human ability. So here's what the Lord is saying to Zerubbabel and the people and to every one of us today. It's not going to be you or an army of you that's going to be able to do this. You can't do this in your own power and in your own strength, but it's going to come by my spirit in your life. And the word for spirit is ruach. Everybody say ruach. And the word ruach literally means, or it carries the idea of wind or breath. And so I'm picturing in my mind, or this is the, the picture I had in my mind, that the Holy Spirit is like the wind, the breath of God that blows. And a ship out at sea is just going to flounder at sea unless it hoists its sails. And when it lifts up its sails, the wind of the Spirit fills the sails and gives driving power to the ship. Otherwise, it's just bouncing around at sea in a confusion and not knowing what to do, not being able to do anything in its own strength. It needs the force of the wind to give it propelling power to go forward. And so this is the picture that the Lord wants us to understand. You're not going to do this in and of yourself, but if you will receive my spirit, you can do anything that I've called you to do. Come on, church. We're in a rebuilding phase in our life, in the life of the church. And we need to get our priorities in order, for sure. And we also need to resist the adversary. We need to stand our ground against all of the lies. And we talked about all of that. But we need to put the icing on the cake today and say, I need the power of the Holy Spirit to be and to do what God has called me to be and do. There's no way we can do it in our own strength. Amen. And so, these two olive trees that he's talking about here, when he said, who are these olive trees? The olive trees are Zerubbabel and Joshua. They are the leaders, the ones who have been commissioned to go and to rebuild the temple. They are the sons of oil, literally. These people, these guys, represent all who are called by God who have been appointed by God and empowered by God to do God's will. I just wanna, I just wanna stop right now and just say, you are anointed of the Lord. You have an anointing in Jesus Christ. If you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you have received the Holy Spirit and you have the anointing of God on your life. You are anointed. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21, this is the Apostle Paul. He says, now he who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us is God. I am anointed. You are anointed. You have an anointing on your life. 1 John chapter 2, verse 20 says these words. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. Did you know you know all things? 
I bet you never felt that smart. The problem is, is that we don't believe these things about ourselves. And so we don't step up and we don't wake up and rise in our anointing and fulfill the calling of God upon our lives because we don't either accept this fact, believe this fact, maybe we've never heard this fact, but I'm here to tell you today the truth, you have an anointing. And what God wants us to do is to rise up into our anointing, stop sitting around and acting like we don't have what it takes. You have what it takes. If you're a child of God, you have what it takes. And you can rise up to it. You can step up to the plate. And you can take this on because you have an anointing. What, let me, let's just take a moment and define this anointing. What is the anointing? The anointing of God is this. The anointing is the impartation and the overflow of the Holy Spirit upon a human life. The anointing of God is when the Spirit of God comes upon you, and not just comes upon you, but overflows through you. So what the anointing of God is, it's a human life empowered by divine life. That's what the anointing is. When we talk about the anointing, what are we saying? We're saying it's, a, it's, a, it's the flow of God's presence on my life, but not just for me, not just about my feelings, not just about my own self of self-worth. It's about what God wants to do through me to a broken and hurting world. You are anointed not for your feelings. You are anointed to go around and build up people's faith. Amen. Amen. And so we need to wake up to this reality today. And just as Zechariah was awakened by the angel of the Lord, as a man is awakened out of sleep, so we need to wake up, stand up on our feet, rise up to our anointing in the power of the Holy Spirit. You have an appointing. And God gave you an anointing to fulfill your appointing. Amen. I heard somebody else say that, so I thought it was cute. To rise to our anointing, first of all, we need to know our identity in Christ. You need to know who you are in Jesus. The anointing of God on your life isn't about how good you are. It's about who you are. Let that sink in. Because we get it flipped around. God could never use me. God could never work through me. God could never, I got to get my act together. I got to get my life straight. Listen, if God waited on everybody, we wouldn't have the stories of the Bible. If he waited on everybody to get their act together. No, it's in the process. The, the anointing of God is on you because of who you are, not how good you are. In fact, we need his anointing. To help us to walk humbly with him and to, and to keep growing in him. And he takes us right where we are and he puts us to work. And we see this all throughout the, throughout the Bible. Look at Abraham's life. Look at Samson's life. Look at David's life. All of these men had an anointing upon them. But they also had foibles. They also had faults. They also stumbled along the way. But God, he listen, your identity in Christ... Listen, this is really important. Your identity in Christ is more important than your character in Christ. This is really important. I'm not saying character is not important. Everything the Holy Spirit is going to be doing in your life and my life is to make us more like Jesus. That's character. 
But you need to understand something. You don't have your act together all the time. You're, you're not always, you know, you're not always living out the truth of God's word in the way that it should be lived out. But God's favor on your life isn't according to how good you are or how well you do it. It's because of who you are. You're children of God. You're sons and daughters of God. And he takes you right there and he puts his spirit upon you and he invests his power in you and he'll develop you. He'll train you. He'll put you through testing. He'll put you through discipline because he loves you that much. But he doesn't withdraw his power from you. You need his power. You need his power. Amen. I got to get back up here on my stage. Amen. Come Holy Spirit. I need you right now. We're anointing, we're anointed because of who we are, not because of how good we've been. This happened to Joshua and Zerubbabel. They, after 15 years, after 15 years of not doing anything, the Lord came in a vision and he wanted to show them, you are my anointed ones. You see that in that passage? You are my anointed. For 15 years, they have not been doing what God called them to do. They have not been stepping up to the plate. They've been ignoring what God sent them there to do. And God doesn't come and say, you need to get your act together so I can anoint you so you can fulfill the, the process. No. You know what he did? He said, I want you to know from the outset, even though you've been doing nothing right for 15 years, you are my anointed ones. Right now. You are my chosen vessels. Remember, twice Zechariah said, who are these? Who are these? And the Lord said, don't you know who these are? Don't you know who they are? That's what, that was what was going on in Joshua and Zerubbabel's mind. I don't, I, they didn't know who they were. You've got to know who you are to step up to the plate, to rise to your anointing. You need to know who you are in Jesus Christ. You're children of God. And his anointing is on you. Praise God. This isn't coming out great, but I still feel like it's the word of the Lord. Children, listen. We are anointed because we are God's child. And we're not always perfect. We don't always hold it together. We don't always do the right thing. But his anointing is on us. Just think of your children. Sometimes they can be spoiled and ornery and throw fits. But your favor is on them. Why? Because they're your child. You're not their parent because they do it right. You're their because you're their parent, because they're your child, you love them right where they're at. You're gonna get, you're gonna fix them a long way. Oh, you're gonna fix them. <laughs> Amen. But they're yours. And I've already mentioned this, but I do want to say this. You know, Samson, Samson was anointed of the Holy Spirit. He was anointed of God. In one respect, he would be over here pulling up the gates of cities and slaying the strongholds of enemies and then turn around and go over here and mess around with women. His character wasn't always where it should be. 
but he had an anointing. We see this sometimes in the kingdom of God. We see people operate in supernatural power, but if you see them up close and personal, you're like, why would God bless them? Come on. But if we're not care, if, but if but if we're paying attention, if we look in the mirror, we'll see the very same thing. And so, Samson over here tearing down strongholds, struggling with strongholds. He was anointed, but he had character issues. But let it be. Let me just let me just kind of tuck in here a little bit of a warning for us. If we don't pay attention to character issues, it can rob us of our full destiny. It doesn't mean that God won't use you, but we can sell ourselves short of everything that God has called us to if we don't pay attention to those areas that I need to get straightened out with the Lord. Amen. Does that make sense? So you need to know, first of all, if you're going to rise to your anointing, we need to know our identity in Christ. Secondly, we need to take full responsibility in obeying the Lord and obeying the Spirit of the Lord. The Lord said through Zechariah, Zerubbabel's hands laid the foundation. His hands will finish the foundation. God's not done with you, and he's not going to... You know, listen, he, you've got to start doing what God has called you to do sometime. You've got to make up your mind. The Lord's hand is upon you. The Lord sent Zerubbabel to build that, rebuild that temple. God didn't give up on him. God didn't, but he was, so he waited for 15 years for him to get his act together. And he said, he started this, he's going to finish it. And that's the Lord's way of saying, I want you to take responsibility. I've called you. I've appointed you. I want you to stand up and take responsibility and obey me and do what I've called you to do. Amen. Are we okay? We need to hear this. We need to take responsibility. Being responsible is being obedient to the Holy Spirit. The Spirit moves in, into our life, and He anoints us not to just get us to heaven. He doesn't just anoint us to take us to heaven. He anoints us to take over. And He wants to take over in your life and in my life. When we were born in the Holy Spirit, how many are born again today? How many praise God that you're saved? Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, when we were born of the Spirit, we were saved, and the Spirit of God moved in. And He took and He was the changing, He was the transforming power of God in our life. But here's what you here's what I found out about the Holy Spirit. When, when I was saved and filled with the Holy Spirit or the Spirit of God moved on the inside of me, it didn't really solve my problems. It didn't solve all my problems. In fact, it created more conflict. When the Spirit of God, <clears throat> when the Spirit of God moves in, Isaac, I think it's, it's in the air. When the Spirit of the Lord moved in, It was his way or the highway. Amen. And everything that the Holy Spirit is doing in my life and in your life is bringing us to a place of surrender. 
This is the anointing of God on your life. He's bringing you to a place where all you can do is surrender to him. Jesus doesn't want to just get you saved and go to heaven. He wants to get you to a place of surrender where you bring heaven to earth. This is the goal of the Holy Spirit. But there's, there's this conflict. It's my flesh against the Spirit. There's a war going on. And sometimes we just kind of let go of our responsibility, the calling, the appointment of God to do God's will. And you know the Holy Spirit is stronger than you. And he can win. Amen. He's going to win. Praise God. Amen. So we, we get the Holy Spirit at salvation, but the Holy Spirit really has a hold of us at surrender. That's when the Holy Spirit gets into your life, when you surrender. I mean, he's there, but he really takes over when you, you and I come to a place of surrender and say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step up to the plate and I'm going to do what the Lord wants me to do. I'm going to do it. All of this stuff that needs to get done in the rebuilding process can't get done by just a couple of people doing it. Everybody's got to take responsibility and obey the Holy Spirit. Amen. So we need to know our identity in Christ. We need to take full responsibility in obedience if we're going to rise up to our anointing. Number three, we need to fulfill our destiny in the Lord. This is what it means to rise to your anointing, is that you and I determine that we are going to fulfill the destiny of God upon our lives. This is what the angel of the Lord said. He said that, he said, this is the word of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Who are you, O great mountain? You, you, you are nothing. This, this mountain, this obstacle that's in the way. He said, I'm going to bring you down. The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation. He's going to finish it. He said, who despises the day of small beginnings? It says here that the Lord rejoices to see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. Like the Lord is looking, longing, and excited about Zerubbabel getting back to his calling. To fulfill his destiny. And God has a destiny for every one of us in this room. He has a destiny for us. And we, if we're going to fulfill that destiny of God, we have, to, we have to learn to trust God's power, not our own. Rely on his strength, not our own strength. It's not going to be by our might or by our power, but by his spirit. That's where your destiny comes. Trusting in the power of God in your life to bring you through. Amen. It's relying on his grace. He said he's going to come, and at the end, when he builds it all, he's going to shout grace, grace to it. It was the grace of God that helped this to be done. Can I just tell you today that the only way you're going to get to the end of your life in victory is by the grace of God. Amen. And we've got to endure the small days or the small beginnings or the young or the insignificant beginnings. 
your destiny may start out slow. It may start out small. It may start out like it's insignificant. But the Lord says, who despises that? Because if I'm in it, it's going to be completely turned around. You think that it looks like nothing now? Just wait. Endure. Hang in there. Amen. We need to know that God is for us. I love that scripture that says that the Lord rejoices. In verse 10, it says, For who has despised the day of small things or small beginnings or insignificant beginnings? For these seven rejoice to see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. The eyes of the Lord which scan to and fro throughout the whole earth. These seven rejoice to see the seven eyes of God. It's, a, it's the perfect vision of God. God rejoices to see the final outcome of your life. He is excited about what you are becoming and what you are accomplishing. Amen. The Lord rejoices over you. The Lord takes pleasure in you. God is doing something in your life. He's excited about it. It's almost like he can't wait to see it fulfilled. It says here he's searching the eyes of the Lord which scan to and fro throughout the whole earth. He's just looking for a people that he can finish his work through. He's looking for men and women who've lived maybe down and out a lot of years in their life. And he's like, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at you. I have so much joy in just seeing what I, what I can do through you. Amen. Isn't that good news? You have a destiny in the Lord. And this destiny involves people. I want to just say again that the anointing of God isn't for your feelings. It's for the faith of others. The anointing of God on your life isn't for you. It's for everybody else around you. So many years I've done this where I've prayed out of desperation and I was doing it today and I was doing it last night and I was doing it for the last couple of days because this was so hard to come together for me. God, I need your anointing. God, I need your anointing. What am, what am I saying in all of that? Lord, I need to feel you. I need to know your hand is upon me. I need to feel your touch in my life. I need that, God. You know I got, don't let me go up there by myself. I'm like Moses. God, if you don't go with me, I don't want to go up there. And it's all about my feelings. And the Lord's like, it's not about your feelings. My power, my anointing isn't for you. It's for everybody else. It's my life flowing through you to other people. I want to overflow your life. That's your destiny. It's not just about your success, what you become. It's about what God does through you to help other people to become what he wants them to be. And so God rejoices in this. He's excited about this. This is your destiny. This is your life. Not for you. Or just about you. But it's everything that God wants to do through you. Amen. Come on, can I get a good amen out there? Amen. So, if we're going to rise to our anointing, 
we need to fulfill. It means that we are going to fulfill our destiny. And then the final thing that I want to share with you guys today is that we need to live relationally in the Spirit's presence. I don't know if I had it up there, but let me just read the last part of this passage. He said, Zacharias said about the two olive trees because he didn't understand what they represented at first. He said, who are these? And And the angel of the Lord said, don't you know who these are? And he said, no, I don't. And he said, these are the two anointed ones, watch, who stand beside the Lord of the whole earth. Look at those words. These are the two anointed ones who stand not beneath, not above, beside the Lord of the whole earth. This is, these guys are working with me to do my will in the earth. This is the picture of the prophet. This is the vision of the Spirit of God to Zerubbabel and Joshua who had laid down their calling and their purpose for a lot of years and the Lord saying, I want you to see you how I see you. Beside me. That's your anointing. That's how, that's how important you are to me. You are standing with me. It's my power, it's not your power. It's my ability, it's not your ability. But you are standing with me. You're in my presence. And it's a picture of relationship. It's a picture, this is what the anointing really is. The anointing of God on your life isn't you and I just kind of getting zapped with a, you know, kind of like holy fire or holy force and all of a sudden we got all this energy to do something and then we go home and we have to get our anointing back another day at another time. No, your anointing is walking in relationship with God. That's your anointing. Listening to the Holy Spirit, paying attention to the Spirit of God in your life. Living in the moment of the Spirit every day of your life. That's your anointing. What is the anointing? It's the life flow of God coming out of you. How do I, how do I step into that? How do I stay in that anointing? Relationship. Staying in relationship with God through the Holy Spirit. You are standing by his side. Amen. Jesus lived out his anointing this way. This is how Jesus did it. Jesus said in Luke chapter 4 verse 18, He said that the Spirit of the Lord is what? Upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to the captives and the recovery of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. If you go back to that first verse, watch watch these words again. Go back if you would. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. The Spirit of God is on you. Amen. The Spirit of the Lord is on you. Why? Because He anointed you. Your anointing is in your identity, not your character. The Spirit of the Lord is upon you. Why is He on you? 
because he anointed you to preach, to heal. See, it's not about you. It's not for your pleasure. It's not for your feelings. It's about other people. He's on you. Go, go, go to the next verse. Would you? <clears throat> to, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. How is all this done? He's upon me. He's with me. Everywhere I go, everything I do, whatever I put my hand to, the Spirit of God is with me. Look at this verse of Scripture, Acts chapter 10, verse 38. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Just so that you understand, the Holy Spirit is not just a force. He is a person. Come on. So he, I love how he says that. He anointed him with the Holy Spirit, that's presence, and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. It's not about your feelings. It's about what God wants to do in other people's lives. But the point I want you to see here <clears throat> is the relationship you and I are to possess in the Holy Spirit. That's the anointing. It's relational. I used to think the anointing was, I got to get to the most anointed preacher, have them anoint me with oil, and impart their anointing. And then I was anointed, maybe, if I was praying hard enough. The anointing, I, I believe in impartation. I believe that the Lord can work and impart His Spirit through other vessels, but that's not the anointing. The anointing is the relationship you and I possess with the Holy Spirit we have. He's upon us, and we go about doing good in him, the good that he wants to accomplish. Is this making sense? And so it's a relationship. If I'm going to rise to my anointing, I actually need to go deeper in my relationship with the Holy Spirit. I need to be open to walk with him, listen to him. Like Caitlin was sharing, like, wake up, wake up. And realize what you have and who you are and who's with you and who's upon you. And this isn't just for in the walls of the church. This is for in the walls of Walmart or your house or your marriage or your children or your business or the school system. This anointing that you go about in the power of God. And it's a relationship. Let me, just, let me just drive this idea of relationship home further. Let's look at Mark chapter 13, verse 11. I want to show you a, a principle out of this passage. Look at these words. But when they arrest you and deliver you up, do not worthy, do not worthy, do not worry beforehand or premeditate what you will speak. But whatever is given you in that hour, everybody say that hour. Whatever is given you in that hour, not whatever was given to you last Sunday. You with me? 
He says, but whatever is given you in that hour, speak that. Everybody say, speak that. Say that. Whatever the Spirit of the Lord gives you in that hour, speak that. For it is not you who speak, but who is it? The Holy Spirit. Look at the the relationship. He's saying, I don't want, I want you to live in such a way, sorry, Jesus says, I want you to live in such a way in your life, in the Holy Spirit, that when you're thrown thrown into situations that you don't know what to do, you don't have to think about it. You don't have to premeditate it. Because the Spirit of God is on you. He'll give you exactly what you need in that moment. And whatever He gives you, you just speak that. You know, that's how a lot of people operate in tongues with interpretation or prophecies or words of knowledge. And I'm just going to use that as an example. <clears throat> Oftentimes, there's an unction or a feeling or a sense that God is saying something, but they don't know every word they're going to say. Maybe they have a direction, a thought, a concept, but they begin to speak, and on that, they the, the Spirit begins to flow like a river. Jesus said, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. And the words just begin to come forth. You just begin to speak it. Well, let's, let's take those wonderful, precious giftings and put them over here for just a minute. The Spirit of God it, out there in the everyday world is so real and so close and so personal to every one of us that we can actually get his direction, get his promptings, get revelation about how to handle a situation, and within the hour, we can be manifesting it and speaking it. That's the anointing. It's a real relationship. He's a real person. He's a person, and he's a power, but he's a person before he's a power that makes sense. And we need to see that about the Holy Spirit. God wants us to rise up into our anointing. Wants us to wake up to who we really are. How do we do that? It requires us to live relationally in the presence of the Holy Spirit. Every day, everywhere I'm going, everything I'm doing, walk out this relationship. Listen to the Holy Spirit. He speaks. He gives you direction. So we need to know our identity. It's not about how good you are. It's about who you are. Amen. Don't get stuck on your imperfections. God will help you fix all that. You You just surrender to him now. Amen. So we need to know our identity. What was the second thing? We need to take full responsibility. That means obey. Do what the Spirit. See, the anointing requires obedience. It requires you and I to obey. The anointing is there. What are you going to do with it? Amen. Number three, we need to fulfill our destiny. You have an anointing for a purpose. 
fulfill it. But also then we need to live relationally in the Holy Spirit. Katie, would you come and back in October of 1984, I experienced what I would I would call it the anointing for my appointing. That's what I would call it. I was going to Bible college, but I was desperate for God. And I, in that season of my life, I began to sense that God was calling me to something. He was calling me. What I felt like at the time was into ministry. and But I didn't want to do it. I'd watch my dad do it. And I thought, I don't need that. I don't need that in my life. But I, I think God had other ideas beyond my ideas. And so I just started saying yes to the Lord. You know, just like, okay, God, if this is what you want for me, I'll, I'll do it. But I need you. I need more of you. And uh, one night in the dorm room, there was a prayer meeting going on. Guys were getting together and praying and one guy looked at me, I stood in the doorway, because you know, that's what you do with Pentecostals, you watch them, they're fun to watch, and uh, I was standing there watching them, and they were just really passionate, and the Lord was moving, and, they, and one guy looked over me and said, Tim, what do you want? And I said, I, and I, I, I should have just, at the time I was thinking, I've got to duck and run, you know, but I was, but, but at this time, I was so desirous of the Lord that I just said, you know, I want more of him. And I went into that room. They, they surrounded me. All those guys surrounded me, laid their hands on me, began to pray. And all at once, all at once, I was just so overpowered by the Holy Spirit that I actually fell. I felt like I floated to the ground. That's what it felt like. I'm not going to lie. It just felt like I floated to the ground. And then I began to speak in a different language that I had not ever done before in my life. And that was an experience of what I would call the anointing. I'm not saying that the anointing is wrapped up in tongues. Don't get me wrong. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that there was an impartation of the Spirit's presence that was overflowing in that manifested way with a new language. And, but that's not the most important aspect of it, because God took this shy, insecure, beat himself up person and began to get him to a place where he would do what God called him to do, which is doing things like I've been doing now for 35, what, Long time, really long time, really long time. So I don't want you to get hung up on the tongues. That was the experience of what I think was the impartation of the anointing for the appointing that God had for me. And what happened in that room that night was just the beginning, but what God has been doing, that's what's that's, that's the sauce, right? 
That's the sauce. That's what's important. Because the anointing isn't for you and how it makes you feel. Jesus said, he did not say, the anointing, the Spirit is upon me, has anointed me to feel really good, to have a lot of power. What? To set at liberty those who are captive. That's your destiny. That's your calling. That's your anointing. Step up to it. Rise. Wake up. Come on, wake up. Let's all stand together. <clears throat> Thank you for enduring. Prayer team, would you come? Today, David said in Psalms 92, I think it's verse 10, Psalms 92, 10, I believe, David said, the Lord has anointed me with fresh oil. I love that. And while you have an anointing, one of the keys, I think, to the overflow and the grace and walking in that anointing is just saying, God, I'll take fresh anointing. I'll take fresh oil. I'll take fresh grace. Maybe you're here today and that's what you would want. These folks would just love to just lay their hands on you and be a vessel and a conduit of the grace and the power of God to come on you in a fresh way. If you want more, you can come up here. If you need healing prayer, you can come up here. If you want to give your heart to Jesus Christ, you can come and they will pray with you to receive the Lord as your personal Lord and Savior. So Father, I want to thank you for everyone in this room. Thank you, Lord, for your power here today. We welcome you. God, we need your spirit. We need you, God. It is not by our might, and it's not by our power, but it is by your Holy Spirit. It's by your strength that we're able to be who you've called us to be and to do what you've called us to do. I pray, God, that a fresh grace of power will flow and fall upon every one of us, God. But not just for us, God, but for everyone around us, I pray. Lord, release right now. Would you just lift your hands to heaven with me right now in our closing time and just as a kind of a, just be a receptacle of that drip of oil, that flow of oil to come upon you to keep the flame burning in your soul. God, we just pray right now, God, for an outpouring of your Holy Spirit. And anoint us with fresh oil here today, I pray. Anoint us with fresh oil. We love you, Jesus. We honor your holy name. Amen. And amen. God bless you guys. Have a great day.